Angel Talk is a special podcast presented by Raise for Rowan, a nonprofit organization that helps families who have lost a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. For more information on our organization or to start giving today, visit our website at www.raiseforrowan.org. This podcast would not be possible without the incredible, generous support of organizations like Smead Capital Management, Chris Hallett and Edward Jones, J&I Power Equipment, Olympia Orthopedic Associates, Robert McFadden Real Estate, Vickerman CPA Group, Timberland Bank, Academy Mortgage, and listeners just like you. And now, here's the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the nonprofit organization that helps families suffering the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I uh, am joined by, for the first time remotely, uh, Lauren. Uh, say hello to everybody, Lauren. Hey, guys. Uh, you're reporting live from uh, Morgantown? West Virginia? Yeah. Oh, boom. Yeah. How's the uh how's the first like week on campus? Um it's good. So I moved in on Friday. Okay. And so classes start on Wednesday. All right. Um so still like trying to get used to it, but I'm like I think I'm ready for classes to start and to get on more of a schedule. Okay. Okay. So what have you been doing so far? I see you haven't, kind of... you haven't been decorating. That is, uh, that's, that's for sure. Okay. Okay. I'm in the corner of like my room yeah. where my bed is. Yeah. Um, I've decorated a little bit, but not a whole lot. Okay. Uh, that'll probably come in the, that'll be coming in the next couple weeks and yeah. kind of just walking around campus and, uh, getting used to everything and finding my way around mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have you bought any like mountaineer gear so far any west virginia sh like shirt um i've gotten some like uh free i got like i've gotten like two free shirts Sweet. but i'm waiting i'm like waiting to buy things just like want to get myself settled make sure i've paid all books and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. and then i can be like okay this is this is what i can get that makes sense that makes sense what's your uh what what give us a, a sense of what uh the class load is for this particular quarter um so i have a bio lecture i have a bio lab mm -hmm. i have a um i have a like sports performance class i have a uh, exercise site class. Okay. I have a online like athletic training class and I have a, uh, like a little freshman orientation kind of thing. Man, that is a lot. That is a lot of classes. Yeah. Well, we're on semester. So you do like okay. five classes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I forgot how much work that was. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a lot of work. Good job. Good job. We'll keep it up. Keep it up. So you, this is, this is the first time. So we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep talking to you live from, from West Virginia. So this will be good. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit today, our topic of the day. We decided not to do an angel this week because we were going to, we are going to focus on the, the nonprofit day. We're going to dive into our topic of the day. Are you prepared? Sure, why don't you introduce the topic? Okay, here we go. So, our topic of the day today is a long one. You are you. How to keep your identity when you've lost a sibling and everyone talks about them. Uh, so I don't know. You did mention to me uh, off air when you when you got the outline that you liked this outline. Is is it because of this particular topic? Does this resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely I read this and I was like, I understand, and it's it's not for me. It wasn't necessarily like people always asking about it or talking about it. It was more for the fact of like this big thing happened in my life, mm-hmm. but it didn't really feel like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really came upon this when I was writing my college essay for, uh, applications last fall. And I was like, I mean, this big thing happened to me and it has affected me and shaped me, but it's not my story, Mm. you know, like the story lives, her story lives on through me, you know, like, so I think I know that I remember that being really difficult. Um, And I know it can sometimes feel like that's the only part of your identity that people necessarily want to talk about because it's such a big thing. So while it's great, at least at the point I am now, while it's great to talk about it and I really have no problem talking about it, um, it's also something where I try very hard to make sure that it's not the only thing about me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the reason why I thought of this particular subject, because I think that I had this callback. I remember uh, when I used to work uh, in my previous job, um, uh, the secretary of state at the time, uh, he had told me this story because I had mentioned to him how uh, I was a big fan of nonprofits and we got to talking about who he gave to. And he mentioned specifically the American Cancer Society because they had this camp where siblings of kids who had passed away from cancer went. And at first he didn't really want to go because he was because he was thinking, you know, um, that's pretty heavy and I don't really know what I'll get out of it. And then he said when he went, it was one of the most incredible things he had been a part of because he learned so much. The main thing he learned was these feelings that siblings had when, like when their fellow sibling had passed, it was partly survivor's guilt, but then there was also this weird guilt of everyone keeps talking about them and I'm still here. And then why don't you pay attention to me? But then they feel guilty about even feeling that. Um, so I found that dynamic fascinating. Um, did you ever find yourself, I don't want to say, there's no way there's feelings of envy per se, but certainly maybe a little bit awkward, like, boy, we're, you know, we're really talking about 
stationed this entire time. You know, I, I'm still doing things. Did you ever find yourself in that position ever? I don't know if I did. Oh. Or at least, or at least I guess maybe I was too wrapped up in what was going on with me that I was just like, I guess not really paying a whole lot of attention to everyone yeah, else. Yeah. But I definitely, I guess, kind of felt that in myself. Like when it would come to even just a silly thing is like filling out a paper when they want to know an interesting fact about you. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that would pop into my head would be like, oh, well, my sister died when I was 13. But I was yeah. like, that shouldn't be the first thing that pops into my head when I'm writing an interesting fact about me. Right. And then right. I was like, well, I I think it was confusion because then I was like, well, it did happen to me and that's part of my life, mm -hmm. but it's, I think that's just it. Like it's a part of my life. It's not my whole life. Mm -hmm. Does your family have any rainbow babies? Were there any siblings born after uh, Stacia or was she the baby? No. So, so, um, so Stacia died when she was 19. Mm -hmm. So I was 13 at the time. Okay. And so I'm the youngest. So each one of you, because that's the other thing we've, we've done podcasts before on rainbow babies and, and like there, there are some that are so young. They don't remember any part of their sibling uh, because their sibling passed mm -hmm. before they were even born or whatever. Um, you though, your family, every single one of uh, your sisters had their own sort of identity already being built. They were already, you know, they, they could feel everything. You guys were acutely aware of everything that was going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was the youngest and I was 13. So it's like 13, 15 and like 20, mm -hmm, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Sage was 19. How do you, do you, can you kind of describe the differences in, in sort of uh, responses between each of the sisters? Was one, say, did one become a little bit more reclusive than any of the others? Was there, what, was there somebody who actually, it looked like it was, it was affecting more? Did you notice that? I don't know if I would say, I mean, every, you know, everyone goes through it differently. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, my oldest sister has always taken a very, like, protective um, stance on her younger sisters. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that you could definitely see where, she, you know, it was something she couldn't she couldn't do anything about. And I think there were points where you could see she was. I don't want to say like putting blame on herself that she couldn't protect her from this, but it was just like that. You know, like she's very protective in nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I would say for me, I mean, I think I've said this before. I I shut down for a bit. Um, so kind of honestly, I'm going to be honest, after I shut down, this sounds really bad. But I didn't, not that I wasn't paying attention mm -hmm. to other people around me, but I, I don't really have memories oh, from okay. that time yeah. I think yeah. I was like so I think I like went so far inside myself mm -hmm. uh, that that's kind of all just a blur and 
snippets here and snippets there, but not a whole lot of within that first year and a half, not a whole lot of like concrete. Sure. Stuff. So you're going, so you're 13, you're about to hit real adolescence, like big time adolescence where you're going through a lot, you know, realizing. I was about to hit my last year of middle school, so I was about to go into eighth grade. Yeah, so you're hitting the portion where of your life where you are beginning to form who you are, where you want to kind of be in your life, and what you want to do. Um, did did you find yourself? I have two questions on this one. Did you find yourself changing? Uh, anything about yourself because of what you experienced with Stacia's passing? Like, were you a person who became maybe more cautious or a person who maybe, um, you know, uh, as you got to, got out of that initial haze, did you find yourself being like, well, I want to be around people that I love and friends. I want to, I want to, you know, just be around those folks. Uh, what, what, what was, did anything change between who you were, uh, before Stacia died and who you began, who you began to become after Stacia died? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I feel like even like eight months ago, me is so different from me now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, in that kind of pre and after, I would say I definitely had more of an attitude of like, you don't know what people are going through. Mm. Um, you know, that type of like, you can look at someone and off of your first judgment, you can create an opinion, but you know. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what happens when they go home, if they have a home to go to, you know, kind of just because I remember at points being like everyone's looking at me and I and everything seems fine, but like they don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, like they don't, you know, they don't know what happened and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I think. I really took that a big part away and I really still try and keep that true. Like, you know, you just don't know what someone's going through and, you know, they could do X, Y, and Z because, you know, of, because of anything, yeah, because of anything that might be happening in their lives, you don't know what motivations they have and anything like that. Right. And I mean, and that doesn't excuse people doing, you know, yeah, their poor behavior. Poor, poor decisions, but it's also, you know, kind of just that, like, everyone, you know, everyone has their own story and everyone has their own crap that they go through. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that crap affects them outwardly more than they would wish it to. And so, you know, things happen from that. Yeah. What about your parents? Uh, you mentioned, you know, you, you, there's a lot of that, of the initial part, uh, after Stacia died where it's a little bit of a blur. Um, did you find a, a difference in the way you related to your mom and dad after that? Um, I think, well, it's interesting because I was, I was, I mean, I was very young when it happened. But I think it, it hit, you know, the teenage years. They're already rough. Her, yeah, a teenager <laughs> and her parent don't always see eye to eye on yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so really, I'm I real think, excited for that, by the way. I'm very excited. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's for those, be great. you know, 
there's just times where you just you love your kid. You just don't like them. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you, the kid loves their parent. They just don't like them. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I think, you know, it's hard to know what was just me being, a, you know, a teenager okay, who's yeah. going through, you know, just the normal things a teenager goes through mm-hmm. and kind of what was like my own like struggle with the death. Um, I definitely, I mean, I'm not like a huge, um, like touchy person. Okay. I'm not, there are times when I'll like, um, like when I'm sick, I'm like, Oh, like snuggle up to me, even though I'm sick, like, (laughs) you know, um, that kind of stuff. But I'm just not, that much and so but I know like um with like my mom that's really how she like kind of like can communicate like her love in a strong way so um I've like definitely been I try I don't this doesn't happen all the time (laughs) but I I try to like um at least give something back whether that's like okay I don't want to hug but like you can touch my arm or you know (laughs) like there's been times you know um but I you know and I also come from things where it's like I can be frustrated with them over whatever but you know like I'm never I I just know that like nothing's worse ever like cutting ties in a way so um you know i can have disagreements with them and i cannot like x y and z but Mm -hmm. um i don't think i don't think anything would happen for me to cut ties with them or them to cut ties with me just because you know we already have lost one so i think it's just that like you know like through thick and thin yeah that's really interesting like you, I, who knows if you don't go through, uh, what you went through with Stacia, you know, could it be that you do sweat the small stuff more with your parents and, and you do kind of, uh, find yourself with a more strained relationship, but because of her passing, you, you, you've gotten this sense that really people don't get until like 50 uh, of like, well, you know, some of these things are not that big of a deal. I should be able to reconcile. Yeah. And that is something that I think lots of people struggle with for long periods of their life. You know, they don't check in with family because of this argument they had or whatever. Um, and I think that's a good message. You know, one thing that these sort of things can do is put a lot of those relationships in perspective of like, I don't want to yeah. lose my family over these sort of mundane disagreements or whatever, you know. That's Mm -hmm. really interesting. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about as it relates to for folks out there, especially people your age who uh, might be going through, um, you know, might be going through a passing of of someone in their in their lives and like complicated feelings? Do you have anything else you'd like to say to folks? Um, I think I would just say like you know, when something traumatic happens, it's a part of your story and it's never going to not be a part of it, but it's okay to not make it the full story. And, you know, it's okay to 
have things besides that that you define yourself with. Um, you know, like I'll always have this uh, losing my sister when I was 13, but that doesn't have to be the only thing that, you know, about me that is noteworthy to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's okay to live your life after the situation and it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult and it's going to hurt at times. But, um, you know, unfortunately bad things happen and the world doesn't stop turning as much as sometimes we wish it would. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, um, you know, your life has to be lived. Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Sage advice from our pre-med correspondent from West Virginia University. Thank you very much for that uh, really, really delightful message. Uh, so now we're going to come on to our usual segment, the good news segment. Uh, this is a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for you because between your biology homework and uh, your other pre-med homework, you're, you're going to have to, like, find some sort of random spot of good news. Did you get a chance to do that this week? Um, I didn't, like, look up good news this week. Okay. But um, I kind of stumbled upon it. Okay. Um, so as a, you know, growing up in the, in the Olympia area. Yes, yes. Seattle teams are kind of, you know your your thing okay and yeah they're, um, my, they're my thing right as well right I mean, I'm, well I'm, I'm, I'm you in. also you also have a weird like oh, green Lord. bay thing that you're weird used to live in wisconsin so you're a green bay fan <laughs> uh, yeah we <laughs> can not, look past it it's uh, yeah, fine. yeah yeah we have we've been able to um, reconcile our differences but the um, Mariners at okay. Safeco Field, uh -huh. I mean, I know it's T-Mobile Park, but it'll always be yeah, Safeco yeah. Field. Isn't it funny um, how, they, I'm going to say that, isn't it funny how things have become so corporate that today we're like, I don't recognize it by this last corporate name, I recognize <laughs> it by the first corporate name it was given? Yes, I'm the same way. Well, I mean, it's Safeco. Well, I mean... I, I grew up with it being safe going. Yeah. I didn't know until I was older that that was like an insurance company. I know. I, I know. just thought I just thought it was a name. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but the Mariners um, uh, put up a, you know, they have the kid statue, and oh, now yeah. they yeah, have yeah. the uh, the Edgar got his own statue. Yes. You know, in my opinion, is he's your boy way overdue. Yeah, he's your boy. He, you love Edgar. Oh yeah, I mean, I love the kid and Edgar and Ichiro. Like those are, yeah, you know, kind of the ones. I mean, I grew up watching Ichiro, but I would, I grew up watching reruns of Edgar, Edgar and ninety five and, and, and the kid and yeah. 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 Um, but I just think it's cool that he's, you know, I guess immortalized. I like at, it. Um the field and age, you know, it just points to how great he was and how he's really like such an underrated player, but they named, I thought that the, was, yeah, they named the award after thought, him, the DH award. Yeah. 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 I just thought, I just thought it was like 
nice in that it was overdue, but it was, you know, at least it's there now. Yeah, that's nice. Good one. Good one. Uh, You you know, mine's not going to surprise you. You know, I'm a sucker for these people who work and then all of a sudden the community just gives them money. Uh, I found I found another one of these. Um, uh, I, I was trying to find one that was like sort of nonprofit related, but this one just, you know, resonated with me so much. This was a town, uh, in, out of a town named Dauphin, Pennsylvania, just probably down the road from you, by the way, uh, surprised their neighborhood sort of UPS driver with a thousand dollars to thank him for being essential during the pandemic. So Aww, uh, that's yeah. very nice. Yeah. So um, the article talked about how every Christmas season delivery divers uh, can count on being slammed. And with the pandemic, it was even worse. A brown uniform UPS driver in Dauphin, Pennsylvania, had been meeting his challenge every day with good cheer and a sense of determination, often going out of his way to make sure packages in his care arrived on time. The reward uh, that this gentleman got, his name is Chad. So Chad Shickley is his name. Um, he and they, all the folks that were on his route came together and kind of were like, the man needs something for Christmas. Uh, they all have a personal experience with him. So they basically started a little Facebook page and, and were able to uh, raise $1,000 for him to be able to get some Christmas presents for his family. So I thought that that was a nice little thing there. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, you know how much I do like the people doing work, hard work, and then randomly getting surprised with money from other people. I like that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are great type of stories. So uh, one thing I want to do is invite folks, if you have have an opportunity, member to, while you're rating and reviewing the show and subscribing and all that sort of stuff and sharing, if you ever want to comment or send us some good news yourself, we we will put it on the air. There is no question. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do it. So, oh, yeah. So we love that sort of stuff. Um, that has been the first edition of Angel Talk. I'm going to call it Angel Talk on Location. That's what we're going to call it. Okay. Angel Talk okay. on Location. That's been this. Uh, next like week, it. we're going to have you right back here chatting up some more yep. with some different stuff if you're cool with it. Pe- yep. Uh, uh, biology class, pen- depending what you have to do there. That counts first. Uh, but we'll keep <laughs> checking in with you. And uh, thank you, Lauren, yeah. from uh, for uh, hopping on Zoom and, and uh, talking to us today. Yeah, of course. Awesome. We'll see everybody later. Bye.